When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Wednesday. I hope your week is treating you well. Now, remember when we decided that you all were the coffee pod, but I actually never quite said it? Like, I, we were like, oh, we need a name for the, the podcast listeners. We need, like, a group name and one of you sent in coffee pod and I was like this is brilliant on a lot of levels and then I just never quite felt natural saying it I still think it's the cutest I just I I think friends feels more honest (laughs) for me I don't think I'll ever be one of those people who's like all right pod gang or whatever (laughs) people say I do think it'd be fun I just can't get myself to actually say the words naturally so here we are Hi friends, I'm so happy you're here. Now today we are doing another Q&A episode. I just want to say I have hit pan on questions. So if you have anything that you've been thinking of sending in, do not hesitate to call or text your questions in. The podcast phone number is 828-338-9127. That is always linked in the show notes and your question will definitely be answered. It comes out every Wednesday. So keep them coming. Now today's question starts with a lovely compliment that I'm going to read because I'm a words person, like it means a lot to me. So we're going to read it and then we're going to get into the question and then we're going to answer the question. You know, that's that's typically the order. I'm cracking myself up. Okay. Focus, Sarah Jane. Here is our question. Hey, Sarah Jane, your new microphone sounds crystal clear. Hooray, hooray. Thank you so much for working so hard to improve your podcasts. The content and your ability to weave language always impresses me. Thank you. That is one of the nicest things, and um, that compliment means a lot. Not only because of the audio, that is not my gifting, but I am really trying. And But also the weave language one, really, that just, that means a lot to me. Let's continue. My question has to do with our types and the way that we handle health crises. My husband and I are both in our 60s and experienced back-to-back, totally unpredictable health scares this year. We're fine now and are grateful for quick recoveries, but looking back, we both handled our events so differently. We faced these situations as patients and then as caregivers, each bringing along our healthy and our unhealthy Enneagram types. Thank you so much for the content and education that you provide. It's always a joy to learn from you, Linda. Thank you so much, Linda. Thank you for the kind words and for such a thoughtful question. Now, I kind of broke my answer down into three sections. So the first one is when we think about growth through the Enneagram, we talk about not really looking like our Enneagram type, right? You start to peel away the layers and you start to adopt abilities that are not just limited to your type structure and you kind of expand how you get to show up in the world. So as you grow and as you heal, you start to look less and less obviously your Enneagram type. That being said, I think kind of all of that goes out the window when crises occurs, right? Because we're coping. And at the end of the day, 
Enneagram is your coping mechanism. It's like how you've survived in the world so far. So of course, it's going to kind of become really clear in a time of need because you're going to likely not have the same resources emotionally and physically to withstand balancing it out. So I think the first thing to really note here is that health issues are really hard. It's a lot to navigate, and so it makes sense that your types may be more clear than ever. With that in mind, I think it is interesting to consider that, of course, you're going to show up very differently, and of course, your type is going to be much more obvious because you are coping in real time. Some types are going to have a harder time with the caregiving role, right? Some of us are not natural caregivers, but others will be having a harder time being cared for, like may really struggle in the role of receiving care. And a lot of us might really struggle with both. (laughs) Both receiving care and giving care feel loaded and tricky and like we need to survive here. And so all of that being said, yes, 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 this makes complete sense. Be gentle with ourselves if you find yourself in a crisis and your type is just rearing up. It's because... That is how you survived. So of course, that's going to be the quickest, the fastest, and the first access point that you have to surviving. But I think it's helpful to also look at the stress move, right? When you are looking at the Enneagram symbol, every single Enneagram type has two lines moving from it and to it. One of those lines goes to the number that you go to when you are at rest, This means that you feel safe, you feel secure, you can kind of show up more naturally. This is the number that we've been talking about over the last several weeks when we've been doing our Soul Child series. There are theories that say that's who we were as children and we protect ourselves with our dominant Enneagram type. And so as we start to become safer and more at ease, we can let our dominant type down and that type kind of floats to the surface. And by theories, I mean the soul child theory. (laughs) All of that being said, the other line that we have here is our stress move. So this is where we go when we do feel stressed, when things feel unsettling, when we are, you know, we're in crises and things are really going down. This is a way that we may respond. So let's kind of go around the types here and just look at what that could be. So if we're in crises, right, of course our dominant type is going to rear up, but at the same time, we're going to be in a significant amount of stress. So we're also likely to see a heightened sense of that stress type. So for type ones, that is number four. So maybe you're, you become a lot more emotional, a little bit more concerned about the wrongs that have been done to you. Type two moves to eight, so maybe you're more assertive, more aggressive, a little more anger forward. Type three moves to nine, so maybe you kind of numb out, shut down, zone out. Type four moves to two, so maybe become people-pleasing and flattering. Type five moves to seven, so you become more scattered and disorganized. Type six moves to type three, which means you maybe become a little more competitive, a little bit more concerned about how you're being perceived by others. Type seven moves to one. So maybe you become more critical of yourself or of others, a little bit more perfectionistic. Type eight moves to type five. So you tend to isolate, shut people out. And type nine moves to type six. So you become a little bit more anxious, worried, concerned about the future. So 
that is one way this also might show up. Now, you mentioned, and I think this is very real, levels of health. So that's kind of our third section here. I have full episodes on this for every single type. If So if that's of interest to you, definitely go find those. I will say a podcast a lot. So the way that I find my own episodes is I Google them. I do Enneagram and Coffee, you know, levels of health type three. And then that that's how I find them because, you know, scrolling through the feed is, is, a, is a feat. That being said, I just thought it would be helpful to talk about when we show up in our type, in our strength versus when we show up in our kind of autopilot defense mechanism. So I'm going to run through each of the types and say, okay, at your best, you might show up this way. And at your, I don't like worst, but at your most untethered, (laughs) you might show up the other way. So I'll quickly run through these. So for type one, at your best, you're going to show up with impeccable integrity. And at your most untethered, you're going to kind of be good, bad, right, wrong, black and white. I know what's best. I know the right way to do things. Why aren't you doing them the way that I like them done? Kind of wanting to maintain control so that you can guarantee it's done the way that you would prefer. Type two, at your best, you are loving and giving and kind. And at your most in need, you tend to be resentful, angry, frustrated, not communicative about your own wants and needs. Type three, at your best, they're being the best they can be, right? The best partner, the best person at their work, the best everything, that they, every role that they play, right? They want to like show up at the, as best as they can. Now, when they're kind of in need of support or not, not doing so well, they may show up wanting to appear the best without having to actually be the best, right? Not putting in the work, but wanting to get the accolades. Number four, At your best, you're emotionally supportive, empathetic, and at your least supportive, you might be emotionally indulgent and self-focused. You may kind of feel like a victim. Number five, at your best, you're logical, not easily shaken, right? I've had fives who are parents say they're the one that people go to actually when they have intense emotions because they're not shaken by it. That being said, at your... like most untethered, you may avoid emotionality or avoid stressful situations, kind of run away and kind of hide from reality. Number six, you tend to be loyal and hardworking at your best versus kind of worried and pessimistic when you are the kind of in need of being supported. Seven, you tend to be optimistic and hopeful, kind of seeing the bright side, kind of reframing negatives as positives. But at the same time, that in in the negative sense, it's like emotionally invalidating, also self-focused, kind of impatient with pain. Type eight tend to be protective and advocating right at your best. You're like taking care of somebody. You're advocating for them. You're not afraid of hard, like doing the hard things. But at on the other side of that can be defensiveness and aggression. Number nine at your best, you're like soothing and easy to be around, kind of open, but also, you know, you have your own opinions, but you're not judgmental of other people's opinions versus being like shut down, silent, and not proactive in the support that you're offering. 
So those are just some ways to think about the way that our Enneagram type may show up in a crisis, right? We might lean into our stress move. Our type may be amplified. We have some elements of us that are like going to show up that are strengths that the the situation may need, but then also ways that we might show up that are not as supportive to ourselves or to others. But I hope this was helpful. Thank you so much for sending in your question. And if you have questions, it's a time for a little question restock. So if you've been holding on to one, don't hesitate to send it in to 828-338-9127. And as always, it is an absolute joy to create this content for you. I'll see you tomorrow for the next one. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.